to the Gym Podcast. Uncut, unfiltered, unreal. Welcome everyone to the Gym Podcast. I'm your host, Jimbo Fisher. Joining me today, as always, is the one, the only, Randy Randy Dar. Oh, okay. <laughs> welcome, welcome, Randy. You're a little slow at the draw of time. Hello, everybody. I'm glad to be back. Um... We had a very crazy week six to recap. Very, very crazy, crazy week, which makes up for week five kind of being a little bit under the radar. And week seven's also going to be a little crazy, and we're going to talk about some of those games coming up. But, you know, I just wanted to say we're really seeing, you know, th- at this point in the season, mm-hmm. I guess we're getting an idea of how some teams are really improving and some teams aren't. We're getting an idea of what seems some teams really are. True. Um, you know, to kind of give an example, there are some teams that didn't look so great at the start of the season, but are now kind of pulling it together and are a little under the radar. Such as? Um, to, such as, I'm a little biased here. No. I'm a little biased here, but I think we are actually a perfect example of one of those teams that obviously did not look good at all versus Texas, but like... If you watched their game, I don't know how many people watched their game yesterday, but if you watched their game yesterday, Jalen Miller was able to beat a team with his arm with good play calling. And that's all I can say about that. Wow. I mean, in, in even to be unbiased, another good example actually is Wisconsin. Hey, hey. I feel like I've watched a little bit of the Rutgers game, and I feel like you guys are uh, kind of looking better. So we're, we're getting better in a way that we rarely got better under Paul Christ, if that makes any sense. I, you can you can tell like the defense is kind of meshing. You know, the 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 play calling is a bit more consistent at this point. Um, so it's nice to see. But yeah, I know what you mean. This is the point of the year. You know, we're, we're very much firmly in the mid-season. And I mean, teams should be in mid-season form. And we're seeing some teams come out and improving, uh, others not so much. One team that I wanted to give a shout out to that, that has impressed me at this point in the season, Randy, Oklahoma. I mean, they were 6-6 last year, dude, and they found a way. And now they're in the driver's seat for the Big 12. I know, and I'm actually very impressed with them. Um, honestly, that really comes down to, I think that comes down to coaching. When a team does something like that, where they can have a quick turnaround or whether they can improve throughout the course of a season or bounce back from, you know, kind of disappointing results, that to me falls on coaching. And it shows that you have, you know, the basis for a very good, well-ran program. They kind of know what they're doing. They know what the players are thinking. They know how to get them motivated, know how to get the most out of them, right. and know how to pivot when they need to. And that's extremely important, especially in a sport like college football where, like, one or two – I know we had the playoffs and they're going to expand, mm-hmm. but still, even compared to the NFL, even with a, in a hypothetical expanded playoff – those one or two losses could completely undo your season. It's not like you can lose a couple games, have a couple bad games, and just be like, okay, whatever, playoffs. You know what I mean? For sure, for sure. Uh, any other games from this last crazy week, as you said, a crazy week? Anything you wanted to highlight that stood out to you? I did want to talk about the Alabama at Texas A&M game. <laughs> um, so usually I try not to just like cover Alabama games because I know show. nobody wants to hear about that. Uh-huh. But I felt like this time it was actually relevant. Um, I felt like, again, we're actually starting to come into some type of form. And I really just – I wanted to get your thoughts as an objective observer. Did you have a chance to watch the game? Uh, only, like, a little bit of, yeah, like, highlights, honestly. Um, I, was, I would just say my experience watching the game as a fan was I felt relieved more than anything because this was undoubtedly the toughest test in our schedule and the most hostile environment on our schedule that we're going to – that we're ever going to play in this season. And, I mean, Reese showed that he can adapt his play calling, and Milrow showed that he can 
beat a team with his arm, kind of. I, I mean, just... I didn't know if he saw anything. <sighs> I mean, I saw, like, the ending, right, the final quarter. Um, I'll say this, Randy, you're not going to like this. You're not going to like this. This is an Alabama team that is not murdering teams like we're used to, right? The fact is, this was a one-score game. And I, I, I get what you're saying. It was on the road, you know, hostile environment, all that all that fun stuff. Um, I, I just, I, I, it's weird to me seeing Alabama not win this kind of game by 35 points. And I'm sure it's weird for you, too. Um, I'm just going to be honest. I will chime in and say I think Texas A&M is – I know it's fun to clown on them because of the Jimbo contract and because they're Texas A&M and this always happens to them. But I do think they're a little better than what people kind of give them credit for. They have a lot of talent. They're a tough place to play. I mean, you say it was a one-score game, and it, I mean, technically it was, but, like, we really were in the driver's seat the entire second half. That's how it goes. But uh, I don't know. It, it seems, man, the SEC this year, I mean, if for what it's worth, it really is Bama versus Georgia. Um, I think that's going to be I, – I, I mean, I, I hate to sound like a hater, I suppose. But honestly, like from a, from a, like a neutral perspective, I think Alabama-Georgia is like really the only game in the SEC that matters at this point. Like both of you guys are just like running away with it. Like, like full speed ahead. And I mean, that's true because at this point, Georgia just beating Kentucky and us beating Texas A&M means that even if we were to hypothetically lose another game, both of us, we have, we're still going to the SEC championship game because we've bought that kind of cushion. So, I mean, exactly. at this point, it's Alabama, Georgia. Um, another game I wanted to talk about was the Louisville-Notre Dame game. Louisville beat Notre Dame 33-20. to Louisville remains undefeated. Is Louisville a real dark horse playoff candidate? Do you think they can actually win the ACC and go uh, CFP? I, I don't. I don't. And the reason why, this is going to upset some people. Oh. I, I sort of wonder if Notre Dame is as good as we thought they were at this point in the season. You know, like, is the win over Notre Dame that impressive at this point? Mm. I don't know. Because this, I mean, you look at you look at Louisville's schedule. I mean, they're not going to play another top 10 team this year, Right. Um, so like this, this was their big win. And, you know, if Notre Dame finishes eight and four, I mean, it's a good win, but is it enough to get them to the playoff over teams like Oregon, Alabama? If Louisville, uh, here's the thing. If Louisville wins out their end and they're still undefeated, that's the thing. I mean, they're going to, they still have Duke, Miami, Kentucky on the schedule. And then whoever they play in the ACC championship, which would most likely be Florida state. True. Uh, so I mean, that is, I don't think it's a matter of would they get in hypothetically. I just it's just a matter of do you think they actually have a strong um, enough team? They might. I mean, because man, they don't they don't play Florida State in the regular season. They don't play North Carolina either. Like so, their, their toughest challenge in the ACC is Duke, and Duke's decent this year. Um, but yeah, I, I think they've got a path in that regard. They've got a path to going twelve and zero and and potentially winning the ACC uh, if they get a little bit lucky uh, in the championship game. So. They play sure. Miami, who is asterisk undefeated. <laughs> yeah, Miami. Is that a blender you want to talk about real quick? The uh, <laughs> oh, fiasco. So I just got to be honest. Does this, this, this a loss like that just completely derail your season? Like, what as a coach, what do you even say to your players after doing that? I think I think it does because it's on the coach ultimately. Like, you know what I mean? Like that was that was his call to to run the ball there at the end and. I don't know if I was a player on that team. I would have. I'd be so furious at the coaching staff for letting this. I saw. I saw on the TV a Miami player after right after Georgia Tech scored. He mouthed, "What the f are we doing?" Yep. Like they are mad, and it's just a matter of they had a perfect season, yeah. a really good shot. 
setting up for a favorable schedule. They were going to have a real shot. They had a lot of talent. Things were kind of clicking. Right. And then they just have... This isn't. This is worse than snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Like yeah. the jaws of victory were closed. All they had to do was kneel it. Yeah, it's automatic. I mean, like every team basically ever wins that game. Um, so, I don't know, man. Miami. I. It's for what it's worth. It feels like. It feels like they're always kind of, sort of a laughing stock here and there. You know, like it, it's it's harder than the last time Miami was really like respected, and like feared. Um, and this is just more fuel for that fire. Like they're, they're just such an easy team to clown on, and, and it's because of things like this. It was a Texas A&M level collapse. It was. It was. Um, <laughs> they were going to be the two meme teams, as always. Uh, there was also USC. This game ended at like 1 o'clock in the morning my time, but I stayed up. I was laying in bed, but I did stay up and watch it. USC versus Arizona, 43-41 to 41 in double overtime. How long will USC keep getting away with it? Um, I, I think their time is coming to an end when they play Notre Dame, which is this week, right? Um, right. I just, I, so I wasn't able to stay up and watch that game. Uh, I, I unfortunately, yeah, they played Notre Dame this week. Um, uh, did they look bad? Like, is this a fluke? Like, like, how did this happen? What exactly happened here? They, they do this thing where it's like, I'll actually give Arizona a little bit of credit. The way Arizona plays, their players play with the level of confidence that you usually don't see from mediocre teams. Not that I'm... Saying Arizona is mediocre, but they ultimately don't have the same level of talent or resources that USC has. They're still building the program, right. and their coach, his name is Jed Fish. He needs to get some credit. Um, he's got to be on the hot list for hires at this point because their players play with a level of confidence, and they just kind of play. You know what I mean? They don't yeah. look scared. So I was going to give them credit, but on the same token, like it was USC had only had, I think, four touchdowns going into overtime, five touchdowns. And for an offense as quote-unquote high-powered as theirs, that's just not going to cut it given how bad their defense is. Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly the thing. Like, you're asking, like, how long can they keep getting away with it? I think they get away with it until they face a team with, like, a really, really good offense um, that can, like, you know, play catch-up. And I think Notre Dame, you know, for as much as I've just been kind of criticizing them, I think Notre Dame, this being in South Bend, I mean, I, I don't want to get into prediction territory already, man, but I, I don't see a way in which USC beats Notre Dame. I just don't see it happening, man. And here's the thing. They also play Utah at home the week after. Yeah. Then they're going to play in two weeks. They're going to play Washington. Then the week after that, they play at Oregon. Yeah. And then they play UCLA. Like, there's got to be at least a loss. There, there's at least two team. or three in there, dude. I mean, I think USC 9-3 and three is on the table. That's how I look at it right now. Um, when I think about the Pac-12, for me, it's Oregon and Washington and then everyone else. Oh, for sure. 100% at this point. Um, and, I mean, like, USC is good. Like, I'm not going to say they're bad, right? In, in some ways, I am complimenting the Pac-12 uh, in this regard. But, like, they're just there is a power gap between them and Oregon and Washington at this point. And it comes down to the defense, like you're saying. Their defense is so bad at USC. I just hate how predictable Lincoln-Riley teams are. This, like, it legitimately annoys me that you know exactly what a Lincoln-Riley team is going to be for the past freaking yeah. six, seven years. Yeah. Whereas, like, they're going to have a great offense. They're going to win a lot of games in the regular season. They'll probably drop one, win the conference, lose in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Have a really cocky quarterback that wins the Heisman. I mean, you name it, dude. It's It, it raises itself. <laughs> It's it's true, dude. It's always the same kind of quarterback too. Like this kind of small guy who can scramble, you know, airs it out, Brent Favre hey. style. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same script every year. It's getting old, Lincoln. 
All right, so moving on, we are going to the This Was Their Super Bowl Award. Um, I already had men picked out uh, because I saw some antics that happened. I'm giving it to Colorado. Wow. They beat the mighty 1-5 Arizona State 27-24 to off of a last-second field goal. Yep. And after they beat this 1-5 team, what they did was their quarterback, Shador Sanders, went up to the Arizona State student section and he has like this expensive watch he wore during the game. I don't know why he wore it during the game. That seems like it could be painful. And he like like pumped his like fist or whatever and was like flexing his watch to the student section after yeah. the game. It was such a bad look. Because again, it was against a terrible team. Like it's one thing if you had actually beaten Oregon or USC and done this, but like ah oh, man. I Colorado fans, quote unquote, if they really do exist, have got to be the most gullible people. Just the most gullible people on the planet. You know, to, to fall for this crap. Um, but I'm, I guess, I, you know, I'm glad that Colorado's been exposed. I feel like the media's kind of stopped talking about them at this point. You know, it's it's like they've moved on to other things, sort of. And uh, it just seems like they're desperate for attention. You know what I mean? Like, they're just desperate to kind of, like, generate any type of buzz at this point. Uh, so. No, I definitely feel that. You said Colorado fans are gullible. Are you thinking uh, PJ to Colorado? PJ Flick, perhaps PJ. Hey, you know he would he'd he'd fit in there um, in that culture. Oh, God, ironically, I could see if Dion left or someone. I don't think he's going to leave this year. He still has his son. That's yeah, his yeah. sons that are playing there. Like I could one hundred percent one hundred percent see Colorado's admin after Dion trying to follow him up mm-hmm. with a PJ Flick, and it would just be disastrous. I think they're going to want, I mean, the thing about Colorado is like, this is kind of a side tangent, I guess, but it's worth discussing. Like we, everyone knows Dion's going to leave at some point soon. Right. At, at most I'd say two years. Okay. It is a good question. Like Colorado, I think like the university, right? Like the, the, the university of Colorado and its athletics department and its fan base for what they are genuinely believe they're like now entitled to something, you know, like they, they think they're entitled to getting, a top tier coach, like a, like a Ryan Day or like a, a Jim Harbaugh or a, you know a Kirby Smart, right? They they think they're like entitled to this, just because they hired Deion Sanders and the media circus followed them. Am I off base for saying this? No, I know what you mean. I kind of see what you're saying. I saw the short clip where somebody basically said, Colorado fans, I tried to warn you, man. And it showed how they were like treating some some guy in USC gear or something. <laughs> And it was pretty uh, cringe. They, you could tell they weren't used to success, but now they feel like they can flaunt it, yeah. what they aren't used to having. And, um, and yeah, like they're not going to find another Dion, right? They're going to probably hire just a generic coach. And uh. I think the admin is kind of seeing it as they're able to fill the stands. They are getting a lot more revenue. I feel like even without Dion, that they have some level of fan base that they can kind of bring into the stands, even if, even if it's not Dion, if they can get somebody that wins, maybe that they can make something happen. And I mean, this is the perfect thing for them. They're probably getting a bunch of NIL deals. They're going to have to find a way to, I guess, parlay this into the next 10 year, temper expectations a little bit yeah. and try to keep it going. I mean, especially now they're going to be in a little bit, well, I don't want to even say a better conference, but a conference that fits them a little just, better. I will say just one final thing on this point. I think about how funny it's going to be when Dion does leave Colorado and takes literally the entire roster with him to wherever he goes. Like, you know that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, that probably will happen, but that's the game nowadays. The luggage, the luggage jokes are going to be fantastic. So, 
Yeah, shouts out. Colorado, it was definitely their Super Bowl. I think you're totally right on that. Um, if I had to pick a team, I'll be less toxic and actually be positive and say, this was Virginia's Super Bowl. And I mean that in a wholesome way. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Virginia won their first game of this season against, any guesses? You'll never William guess. & Mary. William & Mary. Okay, you know the score. Yeah, they, they beat an FCS team uh, to get their first win. And, uh, you know, here's the thing with Virginia. Like, I, like I, I mentioned this last episode. I've been kind of following them very kind of, you know, on the sidelines this year. This is their only win of the season. You know, this is the only, this is the only game they're going to win all year. And you could kind of tell from like the body language and the fans and you know the players that it actually meant quite a bit to to win this one game. So good for them. Shouts out to Virginia. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely. It's also because they had the there was an on campus shooting over yeah. the off season, I believe, that involved football players where some of the football players were killed. So it's mm-hmm. like they. I mean, you absolutely cannot blame this team for not exactly being motivated to play football this season. They're just kind of happy. They are literally just happy to be out there playing at this point. Yeah. And so, I mean, good for them getting their first win of the season. Um, And, uh, yeah, shouts out. All right. So without further ado, we are moving on to the mailbag. And what I sent... What I sent to the viewers was, give us your best prediction of a team that typically doesn't make the playoffs, usually isn't in the hunt, but does have a really good shot this year. We will argue based on what you give us, and feel free to add any kind of points you want to make about them. I'm excited. Uh, so from Rhett, <laughs> I, love, I like Rhett, and Rhett, Rhett has a couple answers. I like both of them. He said, the Pac-12. <laughs> just, just call- That's true that they haven't made it since 2014 when Alabama beat Washington. Really? Um, That's crazy. It's been yeah. long. Wow. It's been that long. Um, I think they have a very. I think they probably will this no, year finally. Because they're in a position where even if they kind of cannibalize themselves, like like a one loss Pac-12 champion is making the playoffs this year, right? Oregon right. one and loss. I think it's, yeah, Washington, it's USC. Probably the ACC getting left out this time. Yeah, I, unless someone goes undefeated, right? But it does seem like the ACC is the weakest conference this time around. And we also have to kind of play into the scenario, what if, you know, two, they try to put in two SEC or two Big Ten teams, which I could very much see. I think there's going to be riots this year. It just it feels like this year there's too much parity for that to be <laughs> a thing. Exactly. They, they, at, this, at this point this year, it's like, I could kind of understand it last year and the year before last when it's Alabama, Georgia, or Ohio State, Michigan. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, well, we obviously can tell that nobody else is going to be able to beat these teams. You might as well put right. the best, who we can tell is the best in there. This year, it's like, no, don't do the rematch. There are other good teams that really actually have a shot if we put them in there. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the the second part. And the second part of Rhett's question was Can I argue that Oklahoma will make it and win a game, or is that too far fetched? They might make it. They might make it, but man, if they win a game, I think it comes down to whether or not they play Georgia. I think Oklahoma could beat just about anyone in the country but Georgia. And don't ask why. I know I, I completely feel that it's hard it's a vibe you know it's a vibe they just can't beat that team I just think back to their last playoff game and it's just they're they're cursed to an extent whereas like they to could be fair, Michigan, you know they they're kind of I think with Venables they seem to play a little bit tougher on defense mm-hmm. like it, it's I can just tell that they're tackling harder and they're getting to the ball faster swarming the ball right well Venables is a defensive guy so like that that does check out um We'll see, man. I, for what it's worth, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'd kind of almost like to see them win a game 
Because I, I, it's weird to say I feel bad for them, but it's like it's like a joke at this point that Oklahoma always loses, you know, in the first round. It'd be good just for like a neutral perspective to have like have them finally win one, you know, have some fresh blood. Yeah, exactly. Win one. All right, from Hash Brown, he has Louisville. I, I, on, I just, I, I don't think I see it, man. It's too good to be true. It's too good to be true. They're, they're, they're soft. I, I hate to say it, they're, they're kind of they soft. soft. And you got to be tough to win the playoffs, it. dude. You got to be tough. You got to be tough. They have some skill position players, and they can certainly, like, throw the ball down the field. Yeah. They can make some plays. But, like, you got to just be tough and dig on the lines. Yeah, Otherwise, exactly. you're just going to get pushed in once you play somebody like that. Yeah. Uh, from Cameron, Wisconsin has a good shot, I think. Do they? I'll say this. If we went out, we're getting in. You can't deny that. I mean, absolutely you can't deny it. Don't you play Ohio State this We play game? Ohio State. It means we would have probably beaten Michigan in the Big Ten Championship. Uh, that, that'd be a 12-1 and Big Ten champion. That That's getting in. That's getting in. Oh, Ohio State's a home game for you. Okay. I'm very excited. It's a night game, too. And it's sandwiched in between some very favorable, easier games. I don't know. What would you do if Ohio State would, like, how excited would you be if you beat Ohio I'll State? I'll say this right now. I'm putting it out there. If Wisconsin defeats Ohio State at Camp Randall this year, I will be raffling off a $100 Pizza Hut gift card to Jimbotopia. Ooh, and now I'm cheering for Wisconsin. $100. You, yep. You're going to be jumping around. It's going to be. <laughs> We're probably nice. going to lose by 50. <laughs> but but here's fun. the thing is Ohio State, I think, looks vulnerable this year they more do. so than ever. They're one of those teams that I think is getting better through the course of the year, but I don't I don't know. It's kind of hard to say because, like, it's weird to say, but I honestly think they play versus Penn State the week before, the, before they play you guys, and I think that could have a lot to do with the outcome of the game. I'm hoping. Does that make sense? I, I know what you mean. Like, like, Penn State could wear them down. You know what I mean? Kind of a thing. Penn State could wear them down, but if they lose to Penn State, they're going to be in. I know I'm going to borrow this from Josh Pate. Wounded oh. animal mode. I know it's true. If they beat, I mean, if they lose, if Penn State wins, we're losing. Is how I look at it, right? Because Ryan Day will be just taking out all of his anger and frustration on us. Is how I see exactly. it. Exactly, and they're going to be kind of like because that's the thing about Ohio State. Say what you want about them, they always are notorious for dropping an embarrassing regular season egg. Yeah. Once per season, but they usually follow it up pretty well and respond pretty well. That's yeah. why it's like it's almost better for Wisconsin if uh, Ohio State plays Penn State and like one of those tough, really. Oh, yeah. They escaped game like how they played Notre Dame. Yeah, no, that's exactly what we would need. So, I don't know, man. We'll see. In the, we'll in see. the back of their minds, they're going to have it in the back of their heads. Like, okay, we still got to play Michigan. You know, yeah, they got we, tough... we can we can we can afford to drop a game. They got a kind of tough second half here of the season, man. Like, we're going to find out if Ohio State's legit or not. You know, by the end of the year. So, all right, moving on. Then who's next? Uh, we have Banana Joe. Alabama, they used to be really big time back when I was younger, but people rarely pick them to win anymore, and their coach is nearing retirement. (laughs) However, I think this team of underdogs has the potential to rally together against the higher-ups of their conference and maybe make an NY6, or heck, maybe a playoff appearance. People have been really down on us this year. He's right. That's all I'm going to say. Come on. I hate this. Let's just move on. We all know Alabama's making it. Come on. All right, from Bro Down. North Carolina, my bias wants to push Oregon State agenda, but I'll hold on to that. 
Oregon State. North Carolina. I like North Carolina. That's the thing is North Carolina is another one of those ACC teams mm-hmm. that's still technically undefeated. They've, got, they easy, still have to they've play. got an easy schedule, honestly, looking ahead. I mean, their toughest game is pro- their toughest two games are going to be against Duke and then at Clemson. Uh, but those are both very winnable. And, I mean, for what it's worth, man, Drake May, you know I'm kind of a hater, but I think he has what it takes to win the ACC. Do I think he has enough to actually, like, win a playoff game? Probably not. But uh, if I had to pick in the ACC team other than Florida State to make the playoffs, it probably would be North Carolina. I was going to say it'd probably be North Carolina for me as well. Honestly, I don't hate Miami's position. It's weird. I know. I know what just happened. I know what just happened. But I feel like they are. Had had they just taken a knee versus Georgia Tech, this entire conversation would be different. I'm just gonna talk about them as if they took that knee versus Georgia Tech, and it's <laughs> okay. a win asterisk. Okay. But I feel I like they have on paper the best win versus Texas A&M. They showed they can beat. I, I hate. I know you hate it when I say stuff like this. I do. But they showed they can beat a team with like SEC level talent. With, like, on the lines, just physical toughness, and be able to put 48 points on them. Like, they are clearly a good team that just laid an egg versus Georgia Tech. Bad coaching. Yeah, bad coaching. I mean, that's the thing about Cristobal is he's one of those coaches that's known as being the super amazing recruiter, mm-hmm. but then always drops bad games during the regular and season. That's exactly he did it in it. Too. They've got the talent to theoretically compete with a lot of teams, right? Maybe even a playoff caliber team, but I just think the coaching is going to limit them down the road. Yeah, that's very true. It is just a matter of if the schedule is going to punish them for it, and I'm actually now looking at it, and it will. It will. Yeah, they, they play, play Florida State followed by Louisville. That's that's going to be bad. <laughs> they play at North Carolina followed by Clemson. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Honestly, like I, this could easily turn into a disaster scenario for them. Yeah, but uh, I just I don't know why my my heart wants to keep you know thinking Miami here. They're going like seven and five. Quote me on it. All right, I quote you on it. All right. Um, as far as Oregon State goes, oh, man, nah. the pack is really good this year. Yeah. I yeah no, I think they had their shot, but they lost against uh, Washington State, and I, more than that, I, they just haven't looked as impressive, I think, as other Pac-12 teams. Um, just overall, they've. I, I don't know, man. What do you think? Uh, I I mean, they would definitely be dark horse, very dark horse. They're very good. But they just have such a tough schedule. I mean, they're going to play UCLA, Colorado, Washington, Oregon. Yeah, Those are going to be some tough games. And I don't see them coming out winning most of them. It'll be tough. Um, It'll be tough. They have, I mean, they have probably the best offensive line in the country. They play like an old school power eye running game. They have DJU. Decent enough defense. I don't know. I don't know. I'm saying no. I'm saying no. I don't think they have much of a shot. We'll keep watching them. We'll see what happens. They play UCLA this week, and that'll be interesting because UCLA is one of those teams that is improving. True. All right, let's keep it going. All right. From DK, Notre Dame, because everyone else will lose a few games while we went out. How do we tell them? How do we tell them? them? (laughs) I'm going to leave it at that. How do we tell them? (laughs) <laughs> All right, from from four Wombles, UCLA, that defensive front seven and more improving. Well, he there you go. 
I guess I yeah. tried to make that point a little bit. But no, he's right. That's what I'm saying. They have a very good defensive front seven. Um, their quarterback, Dante Moore, is a freshman. And freshmen tend to approve a lot during their first season. They just beat Washington State pretty, not pretty soundly, but they were able to beat them. For what it's worth, man, like UCLA does avoid both Oregon and Washington this year in the regular season. Um, so it's it's possible, man. Like it's They have the potential to win out from here, um, just given their schedule being a little bit softer compared to other Pac-12 teams. I really think it's going to come down to their quarterback really yeah, panning out. For sure. Like, they got a good, they got a good defense. It's a question, really, of their offense is how I look at it. All right, from Lobro, Air Force, of course. <laughs> well, Air Force, for those that are unaware, Air Force is currently very quietly 5-0. and Impressive. Um. They, they ironically don't really throw the ball very much, but they destroyed everybody they played. It's been a week. I mean, they played San Jose State and San Diego State, and they're putting up 45, 49, 39, 42 points a game. Yeah. And they have a defense that's holding teams, you know, 10, 3, 7. So. I mean, they're number one in rushing yards in the nation. And 133rd in passing yards. ironic. <laughs> I know it is ironic. <laughs> I just love that stat about them. Um, and then when they're scared, they have to play Wyoming. Colorado State's going to be kind of tough. Boise State is, Army. I think the problem with Air Force, like something that, so okay, like the only G5 to ever make the playoffs is, of course, Luke Fickles, Cincinnati, right? And I think a large reason why Cincinnati made the playoffs that year was because they had a really like big signature win over Notre Dame, if you recall that year, right? Like a big P5 win over like a blue blood, right? Air Force, sadly, like much to their dismay, doesn't even face a P5 team this year. You know what I mean? And I hate to say it, but I could easily see a world where they go 12-0 and and like maybe don't even crack the top 10 because of that. No, and I mean, honestly, if you don't play a single Power 5 team, you really shouldn't. Um, you got to have some kind of test on your schedule. And the thing with Cincinnati's win over Notre Dame was it wasn't just they beat the name Notre Dame. It was Notre Dame would have gone to the playoffs had they beaten Cincinnati. Like yeah. they were a really good Notre Dame team and they dominated them. Yeah. And so I, I don't, I'm not trying to hate the troops, not, not, not trying to hate the Air Force. I salute them. But uh, I'll say this I think the only shot they have is if they keep winning games 49 to 10. Right, like they need to like literally eviscerate every single opponent, like 2019 LSU style, and have a lot of chaos happen, and and then I could maybe see there being a chance. I mean, I don't see them going to the playoff, but they're gonna probably get a, a New York Six because there's only like one or two New York Six group of five spots, right? Yeah, and they, they would deserve it if they go undefeated for sure. So, yeah, another undefeated. Oh, I'm gonna go ahead and bring up the other undefeated group of fives just to kind of okay. give them a shout out. We have Liberty is six and zero, but they played nobody. <laughs> Careful. And they're not going to play anybody. I don't see that. Yeah. They're probably going to drop a game. Probably. They always drop like one game a year. Yeah, it, I just don't. I'm not going to put much stock into that. I would put a team like Fresno who has one loss over a team like Liberty. You know what I mean? I know what you mean, dude. I know what you mean. Fresno, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, dude. For whatever reason, they're, they're feisty. They're feisty. They are feisty. And our final undefeated G5 team, of course, Randy. With the Power 5 win, by the way. James Madison, which used to be an FCS team, what, like a couple of years ago? I wonder, are they still on some type of probation because they're moving up? I think they are. Oh, that would be so unfortunate for them because they, 
I mean, they're good. They beat South Alabama. They beat Virginia. They beat Troy, I'll say Utah this. State. These I are tough to wins. It. They beat Virginia. That was their P5 win. But again, Virginia, like I was talking about earlier, not the best team. Even with even with that context, this was a team that was that probably doesn't even have a full 85 scholarship players yet. That's true. I think for what it's worth, man, I could see a world where James Madison, like in the future, like the next couple of years, really establishes itself as one of the premier G5 schools. You know what I mean? Location, like, location, location, right? And they're clearly well ran, right? Like they, they made a seamless transition from the FCS to, you know, the, the FBS. Like you got to be doing something right to, to, to be this successful this early on. Uh, I remember, do you remember a few years ago, there was, they had college game day there yeah. at James Madison. Yeah. And that was great because Lee Corso dressed up as James Madison and read like off the, off the constitutional <laughs> scroll. Yeah. That was hilarious. So I mean, and they, so I mean, it seems like they have fans and everything. I know they beat Virginia Tech the year Virginia Tech went to a uh, BCS bowl a while back. That was pretty entertaining. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, some other group of five teams I just wanted to talk on that are going to be like that spoiler role is definitely going to be Tulane and Memphis. They're both four and one, mm-hmm. um, but they actually play each other this Friday. That's going to be a Friday oh. night game that I'm definitely going to watch. Heck yeah, dude. Um, yeah, Tulane and Memphis because that's. I honestly think it's probably going to be one of them or Fresno that ends up taking one of the group of five New York six spots. Tulane, Memphis, Fresno, and Air Force are going to be fighting for two spots. Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably accurate. All right, moving on. So next we have X, North Carolina. They have been pretty dominant in all of their games except for App State which seems to be voodoo for everyone. True. Very true. true. Tez Walker is eligible, hey, and yeah, they have one up. of the best quarterbacks. Shouts out. And they have one of the best quarterbacks in the country, along with a great coach in Mac Brown, and they avoid <laughs> fraud, the, fraud the state. I think it's like fraud? <laughs> fraud? He's trying to say fraud a state. Yeah, okay. Fraud the state. Until the conference championship and their two remaining ranked games are at home, Two versus Miami and versus Duke. Uh, yeah. I mean, those are great points. I do think the Tez Walker eligibility thing is going to be huge for their yeah. season because, like, as great as it would have been to have him kind of coming into this, I almost feel like this is like a weird motivational yes. boost for them. Yeah, dude. They're that makes like, sense. I totally 100% agree with you, dude. Like, they've clearly been frustrated that he wasn't able to play. And even if, like, he himself doesn't, like, make some, you know, huge, you know, impact on, you know, every single game, right? I think his presence there and just, like, the overall, like, like I say, the emotion of, like, the locker room, um, they're going to be motivated for sure. Um, and with just, like, green grass ahead of them, dude, they know if they win out, they're making the playoffs. So, you know, the more I think about it, Axe, I, I, I think you're right, man. Like, I've, I've maybe been sleeping on UNC too much. I think I've just assumed Florida State's going to run away with it. But, like, UNC, they got a chance. UNC has a chance. I still think it's Florida State's conference to lose at this point. Um, again, they don't play each other in the regular season. Yeah. So even if they both happen to drop a game, they're more than likely going to play in the ACC championship yeah. because I don't think I don't think either of them play Louisville either. Hmm. That's right. None of them play Louisville either. So Louisville, Florida uh... State, and North Carolina, none of them play each other. That's wild. <laughs> the three best teams in the ACC. They're the three best teams in the ACC. That's very interesting. So I'm going to be curious as to how all of that plays out. For sure. From Bama side up, Ole Miss. The other good options were taken already. Uh, I, I hate to say it. The fact that they lost to Alabama means they're not making the SEC championship game. 
So even if they win out, man, I mean, they're going to make a New York Six Bowl, but they're not making the playoffs, I don't think. So hear me out. They could very much play spoiler to Georgia because they did play Georgia on they the 11th. Could, but even with all now. the SEC bias in the world, I can't imagine an 11-1 like, team that didn't make the SEC championship. That's literally happened before, hasn't it? I think, no, did you... <sighs> It was Bama though. Like you have to admit, like I get, was, I get what you're saying. There's a I difference it, I get it. between Alabama, I get and Ole Miss. Um, I mean, like it or not, we get the benefit of the doubt because of past success, recent yeah, yeah. success, kind of thing. Whereas Ole Miss, I don't think they, I don't think they have any real shot at the playoffs. But I just wanted to give a shout out to the Lane Train for being able to, I guess, rally the team after an Alabama after losing to us the way they did. Because you have to remember. That Alabama game was, I think it was the week after the Texas, two weeks after the Texas game, yep. the week after the infamous South Florida game, where we looked like we were at our most vulnerable. Yep. It was one of those situations where it's like, this is your chance to kill the Alabama. You should have taken it. Yep. And basically, it's got to be extremely disappointing to be in their position or for that to happen. But instead of like letting it derail their season, Len Kiffin was able to rally the team and beat LSU and then beat Arkansas in back-to-back weeks. I, I, I get it. I get it. But they're going to need some help. They're going to need some help if they want to make the playoff. Absolutely. From Saxo Steve. Is it Saxo Steve or Saxo Steve? You're a saxophone player. Saxo Steve. Saxo Steve. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yep. West Virginia. <laughs> Defense might be legit. Dude, don't laugh at it. That's so mean. I'm sorry. No, I'm just laughing because he shouts out. Okay, you know. He's a West Virginia fan. I get it's a homer pick. Yeah, it's a homer pick. That's why I'm laughing. Defense might be legit. Offense is uh, something I can relate. But we have managed to control the tempo of our games and drag teams down. I like the arguing with idiot strategy of winning games where, like, you drag a team down to your level and win with experience. Iowa. Anyway. Yeah. I'm going to continue his point. Sorry, sorry. Can they do so all the way to the conference championship game and maybe the playoffs? I'll say this. I am, I'm genuinely sorry, Saxo Steve, because I didn't realize that West Virginia is 4-1. We all remember them losing to Penn State early on in the season, getting, frankly, kind of blown out on the road. Um, but they've won their last four games, dude, against, you know, TCU, Pitt. These aren't bad, these aren't bad teams. Um, I do think if they win out, I, I think... I'll say this, I think an 11-1 or 12-1 Big 12 champion makes the playoff this year. So there's there's a path. There There is a path, I think, for West Virginia. I mean, it's got to be exciting to be a fan of West Virginia right now. A fan of any team that's 4-1 or 5-0, yeah. you know, kind of still clinging on to some hope. Well, the thing about West Virginia is that... I thought Neil Brown was a goner. I think we even mentioned that after the Penn State loss, where they lost and yeah. they won pretty badly. Yeah. But they were kind of pulling it together. You just got to be able to finish off the season. I kind of see what he's saying. These games have just been dirty. Yeah. Like sloppy, dirty, gross games where they drag a team down to their level and win with experience. And I mean, that's that's kind of what you have to do in that situation. Um, for what it's worth, it looks like for the most part, West Virginia is kind of controlling the games into the fourth quarter. It's not like they're winning with luck. They actually are controlling the game. I, I get that. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, they've got, I'd say their entire schedule ahead of them is very winnable with one exception, which is going to be a, a very tough game at Oklahoma. At Oklahoma. That's going to be tough. But if, hey, for what it's worth, dude, if they can beat Oklahoma on the road, 
they're legit. Like, you, you have to be legit to do that to some extent. They also do have to play uh, BYU. That's going to be pretty tough, too, because BYU is another one of those 4 and one teams, right? Yeah, yeah. Unranked, but still pretty good. So, All right, from Koss. I think my four Sooners have a great shot. We're still under the radar and have a huge game against Central Florida. I don't think they're under the radar. They're anymore. not under the radar no, anymore, bro. Nah, come on. They're, they're like number five. Everybody's paying attention to Oklahoma. Yeah. No, of course they got to. Sh- Dude, I think Oklahoma is the favorite at this point in the Big 12. In my yeah, mind, they're the I best don't know if they are the, I, don't know, I don't know if they are the favorite. I feel like a lot of people, I believe I said this last week, where I said my lock of the week is Oklahoma beats Texas, and then right. Texas beats them in the rematch. Yeah. Because like, okay. that rematch is still ultimately a possibility. Yeah. Um, I mean, here's the thing is that I see a bunch of one loss. I know we're only like three conference games into the season, mm-hmm. but I do see a bunch of one loss legitimate Big 12 teams. And the Big 12 is one of those conferences where it's like every team finishes 8-4 and four yeah. and like .500 in the conference, except for one team that finishes 9-3. and three. Yeah. One game over 500 in the conference. So, with that being said, what if Oklahoma doesn't even rematch Texas? Uh, well, Oklahoma, if, if Oklahoma wins out, they're in. I don't think they need to like beat Texas again to like justify getting into the playoff. Um you know what I mean? Like, if they don't, it's going to be a less, you know, attractive win in the sense that, like, you know, like even if, like, they oh, play... No, if they win out, they're absolutely in. I'm just saying, yeah, we yeah. keep talking about the Texas rematch as if it's a foregone conclusion sure. when that is not really the case. That's, hey, I mean, I'll, I'll say again, shouts out to say, so, Steve, I, West Virginia, they could easily play West Virginia. For what it's worth, West Virginia is second in the Big 12 right now. So, they're in the driver's seat, for, for what it's worth, unlike Texas. So... I mean, the Big 12, like I said, the Big 12 is just one of those conferences. Heck, even Iowa State is 2-1 and one in conference right now, and technically, well, it's they don't control their own destiny, but could, I'm just, you get the point I'm making. It's crazy. It's crazy. Crazy. All right. One more. Skarmory's. Yep. We have one more. Skarmory. It's Penn State's year, or literally anyone from the Pac-12 that has one or less losses at the moment, because one last Pac-12 team will make it. So I'll uh, say this. Pac-12. Well, I, I, I'll say this about Penn State. Up until, actually, this week, I have been on Penn State's bandwagon. You know this. I've been saying they're the best team in the Big Ten. Back me up, Randy. Have I, have I been saying this? You have been saying this. However, I haven't mentioned this yet. I watched the entirety of the Michigan versus Minnesota game on Saturday night. And I hate to say it. I can't believe I'm saying it. But Michigan, folks, number two Michigan... Believe the hype. Believe the hype. They look... They're in... so boring to watch, They're though, boring, they're but they're really gonna... good. And I hate to say it, I, I, I would have a week ago agreed with you, Scamry, but now I'm starting to think Michigan might be the team that's 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 theirs to lose and is going to win the Big Ten. I don't know. I mean, this will get settled on the field, ultimately. Um, I don't know. I just I think Michigan will go to the playoffs. I just don't want them to because they're so boring. <laughs> Even though, what, if what if the best team, Randy? You don't believe in... Uh... I mean, I'm sorry, but, like, it's... I would not be surprised to see them get exposed versus Penn... Not, maybe not exposed. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not the right word, but get beat by Penn State or Ohio State because, like, look at their level of competition. They play I, I Minnesota, Nebraska, Rutgers, but they're Bowling Green. They're destroying them, Randy, consistently. They, they haven't had an off game yet, you know? And that's without Jim Harbaugh, by the way. 
Uh, that, oh yeah, is he back from suspension? He's back, dude. And they, I just, for what it's worth, I was, I think I was, you know, DMing you this earlier this week. They kind of vaguely remind me of Alabama in like the mid 2010s, where like, oh, I'm, I'm completely with you. I was just thinking so that too. physical. They're so tough. They're so well disciplined. You know what I mean? Like it's, like, I think they had one penalty the entire game. Um, the, I think they're the least Probably penalized. Probably more early 2010s, late 2000s yeah. Alabama, but I get your point. And so I, I guess it's it's a long-winded way of saying, like, it, if a team's going to beat Georgia just on, like, a toughness versus toughness level, Michigan's one of the few teams in the country that can do that, potentially. What is their passing offense like, though? It's decent. It's not – they haven't had to really use it much, if that makes any sense. Uh, uh... But I, 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 I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But for what it's worth, man, I feel like a lot of the top-tier teams this year don't have, like, an insanely great quarterback. You have to admit that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I've kind of noticed that as well. So it's it seems like good defense, good run game, just being a really you know tight, disciplined team is going to get you pretty far this season. And Michigan is, has all those qualities. Right. All right. And so now we're going to move on to the Week 7 preview. We're going to try to keep this brief. There's a lot of good games coming up for Week 7. Um, so... We have, I want to talk about Ohio State at 2-4 and four Purdue. Is this, you're the expert here, is this one of those spooky Big Ten away games where Ohio State will randomly lose? I'm going to be real. I Wisconsin beat Purdue pretty pretty convincingly. Um, this game is at 11 a.m. If this was a night game, uh, I could maybe see it being kind of close in the second quarter. But no, nah, I, think, I think Ohio State, you know, like we were saying earlier, it feels like there's been a lot of disrespect this year. Um, and Ryan Day, for whatever reason, is just, like, really taking it personally. I could see them, like, taking out that energy and lashing it against Purdue. Yeah, I could see them okay. winning by, like, 52. You know what I mean? Uh, no, I see that. I get what you're saying. You're the expert. That's why I defer to your Appreciate judgment. It. Appreciate it. 2-1-4 um, Arkansas at Alabama. What they're does God mean? Yeah, they are, too. They're, they're, it's deceiving. How, it's SEC, deceiving. SEC, I would say that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, 2-1-4 Arkansas at Alabama. What does God mean by having the total solar eclipse happen literally during the game? It's the ending of an era. End of an era. Uh, Think about it. Why did I know you were going to say something like that? <laughs> no, you guys are going to win by a million. Uh, Arkansas is going to be 2-5. and five. That's bad. I, I get they're probably better than 2-5, and five, but, like, wow. I wasn't they play in a tough decision. They're like, I mean, it's like Maryland, how they play, how they're not bad. They just play in the freaking toughest division imaginable. Yeah. All right. Number eight, five and zero Oregon at number seven, five and zero Washington. Does this game decide the pack? Will there be a rematch in the pack championship game? Considering they do both play USC. <sighs> this is so. Make no mistake. This is the game of the week. This is one of the biggest games of the year, probably. But as far as this deciding the pack goes. I could see this being a similar scenario of Oklahoma versus Texas, where, like, this, this game's important, the winner is going to have a ton of momentum, right? But they're probably going to rematch each other at some point in the conference championship game. Okay, okay. 4-2, and two, Texas A&M at number 19, 4-1, Tennessee. Well, A&M bounce back mentally. Is this the game where Jimbo's tenure is actually decided even for the most patient of onlookers such as me i will just point make this point is that i've been one of the people that's like okay 
Pajimbo, he's had some bumps here, but if you give him some time to cook with that talent, just just let it happen. It may not look the prettiest, but I think he'll have them rolling one year eventually. No, I so I I've, I've thought about this a little bit. I've just been thinking about A and M, I guess you could say in general. And here's how I see it, right? I think the A and M fan base understands that they're not going twelve and zero. They're not Alabama. They're not Georgia, right? Like I think they concede that they're not going to be a top four playoff team, right? But I think the AM fan base is reasonably justified in thinking that they should be a theoretical top 12 team, right? I, I think they, they want to be one of those teams that when the playoff expands next year and, and seasons beyond, they're in that conversation. They're consistently hovering around, you know, a top 15 ranking. They're consistently ranked, period, right? And to do that, you got to beat teams like Tennessee, right? You got to be 5-2 and two as opposed to 4-3 and because those – that – Looks different, you know what I mean? That's that's different optics. Yep. And uh, this game ain't going to get him fired. Like, I, I don't think Jimbo's going to get tarmacked, you know what I mean? If he gets fired, it's going to be at the end of a very bad season. It's not going to be one game or one moment or one call. But, yeah, if, if he loses this, it's just adding to the narrative. It's just one more thing you can point to when he does eventually get canned. I feel like Texas A&M fans... I feel like they would genuinely just be happy. Like all of their problems could be solved if they played Alabama as the last game of the as the second to last game of the season and played LSU as the last game of the season. Yep. And like they just want to be, they want to have hope in the season. They don't care if the hope is dashed at the last second. Mm-hmm. They just won't don't want their hope crushed in game two versus Miami. I, I get that, but the thing is, they it keeps happening. You know what I mean? Like it's like they 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 fall off the tracks rather quickly. I think that's kind of the narrative with, with Texas A&M is like the second things start kind of going poorly for them, it's just a downward spiral. And so, yeah, I mean, like this is their opportunity to recover from a, a, a tough loss against Alabama last week. But I don't know, man. I don't think they beat Tennessee. At Tennessee, I think it's going to be tough. Very true. All right, now we have number 10, 6-0 USC at number 21, 5-2 Notre Dame. Will USC finally get exposed and actually lose this week? Yes. I think it's it's finally time. I think it's time to Notre Dame, do America a favor. Please, please, God. I mean, I, I I'm tired of the the um, I'm tired of the hype regarding um, God. What's his name? I can't think of the quarterback. Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams. I kept thinking of C.J. Williams for some reason in my head. Caleb Williams should not win the Heisman this year. I'm sorry. Oof. I I don't I don't think he should. I don't think he should. I think it'd be a, it'd be bad for the sport if he was. You know, the second person ever to win back-to-back Heisman's. Uh, I mean, he has decent stats this year. He looks good on paper he's and everything. But he's a stat He's pattern. a stat. He kind of is a stat pattern. So, yeah. Sam Hartman, expose this man. I beg of you. Beg you, Sam Hartman. Uh, number 25, 4-1, 5-0 and last to risk Miami <laughs> at number 12, undefeated 5-0 and North Carolina. Can the U bounce back? I'm going to say no, especially with this being at North Carolina and especially with all things we talked about with North Carolina, man, them being inspired, them feeling like they control their own destiny. I just don't see it. Not with Cristobal, dude. He ain't the kind of coach that's going to rally the troops after that. That's, uh, I kind of hate to agree. I mean, I don't know. North Carolina under Mac Brown is just notorious for just dropping a game like this and then just the wheels coming off. Okay. Um, Do you think this is the game, though? Well, like, that's the thing. I don't think this is the game that causes them. Why don't you let North Carolina, like, 
could win this game, but then still like neither team is an is an ACC ACC championship game team. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, is, Notre Dame, is Notre Dame eligible for the ACC championship, by the way? No. Or was that, that just that, that was one just year? The COVID year? That was just the COVID year. Okay, okay. Just crazy. Crazy. All right, and we have one that you'll be able to chime in on. <laughs> Five and one Iowa at four and one Wisconsin. Both teams in control of their own destiny. Does this game decide the Big Ten West? And how much has Wisconsin improved? Well, it, it definitely does decide the Big Ten West. That's without a shadow of a doubt in my mind. Because uh, Nebraska's not, they're not good. They're not going to have a chance. Um, so, yeah, the winner of this wins the West. Um, have we improved? We have. How much? It's hard to say. I think. The thing that stinks about this game is I think our defense has improved a lot throughout the year. Uh, we started terribly. It's a, it's a whole new scheme, right? We have a whole new D- DC. Jim Leonard's not here anymore. So our defense has, you know, it's taken some time to adjust, right, as, as you might expect. But the problem is our offense really hasn't improved that much. And you really don't need great defense to beat Iowa, you know? Like, even, even a kind of bad defense is going to play just fine against Iowa. What you really need against Iowa is a good offense, right? Because because Iowa has a good defense. So I think it's it's going to be really ultimately a test of our offense and seeing, I hate to say it, seeing if Tanner Mordecai can finally just like kick it up a gear. He's been, he's been good. He's been decent. I think he's been an improvement over Graham Mertz so far, but like he hasn't been nearly as electric as he was at times at SMU. So I want to see that, dude. I want to see us just like, kick it up a gear and just start start airing it out. I want to see the dairy raid in full effect. The dairy raid. I have, I have had this weird theory that Luke Fickle has just seen how bad every Big Ten West offense is. And is like, look, man, I don't have to have a good defense to beat these teams. I'm going to put all of my focus into offense because, like, it doesn't matter if I have the best defense in the world or a bottom ten defense. Mm-hmm. The Big Ten West is only scoring 14 a game on me at best. Yeah, I mean... Fingers crossed, at least. So Fingers crossed, at least. There's a couple other games. I don't have a lot to say about them, but they're just going to be important for the overall big picture of the season. Okay. We have Auburn at LSU. LSU is one of those teams that could still ruin our season, and I think this is going to say a lot about who LSU is. I don't even know if it even matters because like LSU could do so yeah. badly and then still beat us. You may not realize this, Randy. LSU... Here's the thing. If LSU loses, mm-hmm. we all... We have won the SEC West if yes, LSU loses because if, we would have such a big position. If LSU wins out, though, Alabama's not making the SEC championship game because LSU's one loss, one of their losses, is to Florida State out of conference. Keep that in mind, Randy. And that's why I'm saying if, if Auburn somehow pulls it off and they've been close this season, then that locks up the West for us. And it's like one of those things. They're both just voodoo freaking teams yeah. that is you just. You almost can get nothing out of this game just because of how voodoo these teams are. For sure. For sure. And there's a couple of other one-loss versus one-loss teams that are just going to be, I guess, interesting. You have, you know, Missouri is quietly one-loss. You know, they're an East dark horse. Technically, they're going to lose to Georgia at one-loss Kentucky, who's yeah. out of the SEC East race. Uh, you have one-loss US UCLA, who's still a dark horse, at one-loss Oregon State, another dark horse. Mm-hmm. Those are going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, and then you have one last Duke is playing North Carolina State, and Duke is still like an ACC spoiler. So it's just going to be, I guess, interesting to see what happens with these one last teams, if they can kind of keep the gravy chain rolling. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a, a good separation week, I think, where we kind of find out which one last teams are legit and which ones aren't at this point in the season. 
Exactly. Should be cool. Um, so, for our last segment, we're going to present our locks of the week. Are you ready? Uh, you go first, Randy. You go first. My lock of the week is that Notre Dame beats USC. Wowee. I don't think that's a hot take, but I'll allow it as a lock. Um, for all the reasons we said before. Uh, I guess if I had to pick a lock of the week, uh, I'll go, I guess, maybe kind of bold because this is technically an underdog. I'm saying Oregon beats Washington convincingly. I'll, I'll, I'll leave convincingly up to your own interpretation, but I think they're going to win. It, it, it'll be a comfortable win. It'll be a comfortable win for Oregon. Lock of the week. It's that Washington, though. I mean, I, is that I not agree. I, That's why I'm saying this is kind of a, a bold take, perhaps. I, I appreciate the cojones. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, unless there's anything else then, um, I think that would conclude this episode of the Jim Podcast. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for submitting your mailbag questions. Gave us plenty of fantastic talking points. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to this weekend, as always. Um, it should be a fun weekend in college football. What do you say, Randy? It's going to be an excellent week in college football. I'm going to the Alabama game, so that'll be fun. I'm going to the Wisconsin game. I'll be in Tuscaloosa. That should be fun. We'll keep in touch on Snapchat, I'm sure. Uh, Until then, folks, have fun this weekend. And as always, roll tide. On Wisconsin. Wisconsin.